Hey, welcome back. We are the Robots After All. I'm Andrew. And I'm Tom. And today's topic is going to be Adult Swim. Uh, Tom and I both uh, in high school used to watch a lot of the uh, old school Adult Swim shows and they were kind of um, uh, stepping stones into some of the shows like Archer and uh, Rick and Morty that we have today. So we thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about some of the original kind of cutting edge adult cartoons and um, talk about some of our favorites so yeah i mean this was like it says that it, it started in 2001 so i guess it was our senior year of high school yep um for some reason i thought it was earlier than that i don't know I, maybe it just was more impactful than in my memory but yeah being the age we were it was it was an exciting thing that uh cartoon network introduced where you're oh you got to stay up late to see it it's like what is adults? It was just like such a unique branding name too. Adult yeah. Swim. It's like so creative. And then I didn't even get it until like one day I saw the ad for the pool, and it's like, oh, Adult Swim. That's like the it's like a time frame where the only the adults get to swim in the pool. And I was like, oh, all right, that's funny. It's fun, fun yeah, plant words. Yeah, the marketing was pretty brilliant because you didn't exactly know what it was. You know, it was like these, they did that thing where it was like a single bell ring and they would just say like adult swim. Um, and you're like, what is that? Um, so yeah, it took me a, a second to kind of realize that it was like a block of shows that were happening, you know, later at night. But um, the first thing that I actually remember was something you introduced me to. And it was a clip of Aqua Teen Hunger Force that was online. And I didn't realize it was airing on Cartoon Network. Maybe you already knew that at the time, but you were showing it to me on your computer as like some kind of online video, which obviously all this predates YouTube. So it would have just been like some random like AVI that you found. Um, and I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. And then, um, then I found out it was actually on Cartoon Network, which I watched all the time anyway. Uh, and I just like was hooked immediately. And especially shows like C-Lab and Aqua Teen Hunger Forest, like oh, man. Me right away. Yeah, C-Lab was incredible. Aqua Teen, I think, was the big um, the big draw for me was Aqua Teen Hunger Force, uh, Master Shake. Um, but yeah, to go back to the, the advertising briefly, because even now they, they outsource to a lot of uh, content creators and animators. Yeah, so like a lot of the ads, and then you'll see... Um, they'll hire like people to do like a little project and they'll get, I'm assuming they obviously get paid for it and they do like little stop motions or they'll do like unique animations, whether it be 3d and stuff. So it's kind of neat that they've branded, like kept it a very unique branding where they're actually um, hiring like independent artists on their own or whatever. So that's always was, was kind of neat to see. I don't know. I don't know if they really did that back then when it was first starting, but I can't remember. I feel like there was a, like a set of people who worked on the Adult Swim shows. I feel like there was even some like inter interplay between the shows. Like, you know, there was um, voice oh, yeah. actors who were kind of doing all the shows. You know what I mean? Like the guy who does Shake's voice went across a bunch of uh, different shows, like some of the later ones, like even Venture Brothers later on. Yeah, well, all the animation was very similar. I mean, C-Lab was repurposed and it was very, they just were very... Um, they tried to be as limiting as possible so they're not like overworking 
as much so it's like they're just kind of having like these quick kind of like uh paper doll movements or uh even like shake it's like they design shake master shake and then he can do this like yeah, that and then move around on a plane or he doesn't even like rotate he'll like flip when he needs to like go a different direction or his hands yeah. just do like his hands just, yeah, exactly words <laughs> <laughs> are their original yellows as you mentioned before we start recording <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Master shake over here aside from yeah that that is just an amazing piece it comes with bar right there don't is do you only have master shake um he actually comes with moth monster man which is also kind of an amazing oh that's uh, awesome who was voiced by a um very common actor what was that guy's name h john benjamin who did um coach mcgurk he did coach mcgurk he does archer bob for bob's burgers yes A lot, of, a lot of, of stuff. He had a big greatest adult swim. What was that? I said he's one of the greatest voice actors in my opinion. Oh, he's amazing. His voice is so iconic. Um, but I think uh, it's funny, like Aqua Teen, we got so much of our like one-line jokes from that yeah. show that a lot of times, and you're we're both guilty of this, we'll just say it and like nobody will know what we're talking about, but it's only funny to us. It's just yeah. like it's the shakes signal, the master shakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like um, watching that show, there were so many characters that were like, the humor was so specific for their character. Like Carl had this kind of like dry, like, I don't care about anything kind of personality. Um, you know, shake was like a huge sarcastic asshole. So I feel like there was just like always a line to fit like any situation that you were in at the time. And I feel like the, the only one that like, I feel like I would use all the time where, people could actually kind of like they wouldn't know it was from a show is um that scene when carl his whole like house gets taken away and he just goes oh good <laughs> <laughs> and i used to say that all the time yeah that's um, that's definitely a classic one that and like um yeah there's so many and it reminds me of like Sim the simpsons is the only other show that i've really like pulled yeah. a lot from um, and that's all that's very like subliminal now. It's funny because trying to think of it stuff right now is hard, but then when I'm just out biding my time and throughout the work day, um, I will just random just quotes will randomly come to me, you know. It's just yeah. like thank you, friend, is one that always comes up. Like oh, gives you something. Yeah. oh, thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is they're not they're not funny out of context. And, and that's that's yeah. actually something that I think makes Adult Swim shows in the early days really like special by comparison to like what I had seen previously. Like when you watch comedies with like Leslie Nielsen and the Naked Gun series or like um, for some reason, I can't think of any other comedies <laughs> from that. From like Well, all those like uh, what was that? Like the Hot shot, Shots part. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, so, like really silly comedies. Movie, uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, like the jokes are amazing but they're they're gimmicky and they're they're either like a slapstick or they're they're visual or they're you know um there's a there's an actual kind of punchline to it the way that adult swim shows were funny was the absurdity and the delivery of the absurdity so it was not like there was an actual punchline it was just like it would it would be just like i can't believe that they just said that and i can't believe the way that they said that like Master Shake's delivery of jokes and Space Ghost, the two of them are like masters of the craft. 
Um, yeah, I think the only other person that comes close is probably Captain Murphy. Uh, but they just they wouldn't actually even be like delivering like a you know a setup in a in a punchline. It would literally just be like they're put it they're thrown into this situation, and the way that they react to it and the way that they perceive it is so far off the mark from normal. And like yes. the the voice that they use for it is just so crazy and unexpected that it was just like wow this is it was like humor redefined for me like it, it totally changed the way i looked at comedies yeah it was it was really humor redefined and it was very relatable to it's just like silly and stupid and and the delivery even though like there were jokes were it didn't seem like they put a lot of too much crazy thought into it it was just the way that like you said like how, how everything was delivered was just like a lot of times you'll see like a pause and then like they'll say the line or they'll like and they'll like toss something and it'll explode in the distance it was like that was like a common trope in aqua teen they would like throw something to explode and then be like a little flame shooting out. Yeah. and they would and they would always they would call that kind of stuff out eventually too they'd be like why did that happen and you'd just be like why wouldn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yeah, uh, so aqua teen was definitely a huge um a huge draw I, we we obsessed over that i mean i remember just going over your place and just watching aqua teen no yeah, I, got, I got all the dvds when they came out and we would literally just like sit and just like watch the dvds oh man yeah we'd be laughing all night and then of course um space ghost was like the next contender i feel um and i space feel ghost like very hit or miss though i feel like there was a couple episodes that we obsessed over like the Hanson episode, the Bjork and Tom York episode. And um, what was the other one? There's another one where um, Hanson, Tom York. Um, I can't, those are the, yeah, the, those ones are the two that really stand out to be honest with me, to be honest with you and me. What was, what was the one with the weird Santa? Oh, um, Cause I'm not the Santa, you know. Yeah, was that Space Ghost? That was Space Ghost. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember who was on that one though. Yeah, oh, I can't. I, I can only remember a handful of episodes, but Bjork. Well, that was the Tom York. That was the Tom York one. one you know, yeah, Tom York and Bjork. <laughs> That's probably my favorite one. Yeah, that one. I think we get the most memorable lines from. To be honest with you. Knife, 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 around. Cut, 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 cut. Oh yeah, cut, cut, cut. What am I saying? You read you uh you reworked it. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Space Ghost was great. And I feel like the intros were always fun too. There was like a different intro every time with the mad scientist. Oh, for Aqua Team? Yeah. No, uh oh wait, that was Aqua Team. Why are Yeah. Yeah, Aqua Team. Whoops. This time will be different. It's not different at all, is it, Steve? Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Who bothered to spawn you and why? Yeah, this I just you feel like they tapped into something. They I think um I felt like it was springboarding into something that would like evolve even more. And I actually feel like we kind of we kind of like had that breakthrough of adult swim and like this like really unique style of humor. And we kind of backpedaled and we've kind of gone more to like that more um, kind of compartmentalized joke telling in shows. Like there's a lot like Archer, I feel like uh, I know you haven't really seen much Archer, but Archer, Bob's Burgers and 
Rick and Morty are kind of the top three of like the shows that I that I enjoy now that like I feel like are the um, kind of carrying the torch of Adult Swim and they even have like again they have H. John Benjamin um, at least in uh, in two of the shows um, and Bob's Burgers is actually done by Lauren Bouchard who was the guy who did uh, um, Home Movies he was like the original producer of Home Movies so there's a lot of overlap on characters and voice actors and stuff from Home Movies which is pretty cool Oh, really? Yeah, I think you kind of got me into the home movies because that was one of them that, that premiered with the premiere of Adult Swim was home movies. And I think, you know, oh, sorry. Once I got into it, I was hooked. It was so friggin' funny. Yeah, but it takes a second, right? Like when you first watch it, you're like, I, I actually watched Dr. Katz on Comedy Central. Uh, oh, yeah. Today, and that was actually like I had that, that squiggle vision thing. And I think that they're. I forget if like it was the same animators or there was some kind of tie to Dr. Katz or at least it reminded me of Dr. Katz. And I always liked that show. Um, so I kind of knew what to get it, like what to expect with home movies, but it felt very slow by comparison to C-Lab or um, uh, Aqua Teen. But once you actually sat down and watched it and you really started to get to know the characters and you kind of like picked up on like the joke that like it's a bunch of eight-year-olds, but they have like these very they're either put into adult situations they act kind of like adults mm -hmm. even though they're children it's like there's this constant like barrier um that's constantly being like or this constant like boundary being towed where it's like they act like adults but they have to be kids and all the rules apply to them as if they're kids but they they react to situations like in a very mature fashion which just is hilarious no um, was always interesting about that show was how it seems like they gave the voice actors freedom to kind of like goof around because there was yeah. a lot of times where coach McGurk or like the kid coach McGurk would just start saying something and then you like he'll have like a little laugh trailing like he was either like he was going off character a little bit but trying to stay he's like yeah <laughs> it's just oh, like <laughs> yeah interesting you say that because a lot of times the way the show was made is they would just do the table reading and then they would just ad lib uh they would animate over it yeah because so, that's how it very much what yeah. it sounds like yeah and i think that that's what made the show special is that you had the chemistry of all these like brilliant voice actors and comedians um <clears throat> and it just felt it was like it was it was a great world to kind of just get a window into but i didn't like the show when i first started watching it because i just i didn't i don't know it was like i just didn't care enough and the jokes weren't like um I think it's also the fact that we were teenagers, right? And it's like the jokes were kind of. Yeah, it was a little slow. And then it's like you had to like pay attention too much to it to really. Yeah, and the, and the jokes I think were just more mature. So it's like, I actually appreciate home movies now, I think more than I even do did back then. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, obviously there's some of the like ones that would have appealed to us back then, like the don't put marbles into your nose or whatever. But like um, there's more subtle things that you pick up on um like with like paula small is like one of my favorite characters in the show the mom oh uh, you know, yeah i didn't really care about the mom all that much like i mean sure she was funny here or there but like now i feel like she's like one of the stars of the show she's incredible um <laughs> but yeah they um getting back to what i was saying before like i think that we broke through and like you know had this new idea and i was really hoping that we would kind of carry it forward and things would get even more kind of you know wacky and and ridiculous but i feel like it's just kind of a moment in time like that original run of adult swim 
we've never really gotten that recreated in a way it was almost like avant-garde like cartoon or like you know comedy yeah it was like comedy. a secret society of like yeah yeah followers you know that pop, that not many people really paid attention to or knew about i don't think at least in the beginning yeah and i also feel like you know from a from a business side it was somebody's idea that they passed it by some executive and like no executive has been convinced since to you know green light a project that is that out there right um, i mean it, the, the early days of cartoon network was 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 pretty pretty cool in that sense of like what they were showing on that shit like channel and everything like samurai jack and oh, yeah. powerpuff girls and all that dexter's lab dexter's lab which were I think, weren't they all the same animators? I was just going to say, it's all the same creator. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but it was like uh, Gendi or Gendi Tarkarskafi. Oh, yeah, it is a very unique name. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've never actually heard it said out loud. I've just read it on the screen 100,000 times from the various shows that I watched. But yeah, he was brilliant. It was like him and Craig McCracken, I think it was like his little sidekick that would always always work. Another very weird name. (laughs) Craig McCracken. Sounds fake. There was a Squiggle Vision. I don't remember that too much. I remember the name and kind of what it looked like, but well, that was only the first season of home movies that used Squiggle Vision. Oh, oh, it was animated. Oh, I'm reading something wrong here. Home movies. It was record animated in Squiggle Vision. Yes, which I think a lot of people were unnerved by, yeah. and then they immediately got rid of it in the second season. Yeah, they went to flash animation apparently, which I don't even think exists anymore or barely exists but it says that they did they did air an anime when it premiered which was cowboy bebop oh really yeah it said that escape from leprocopolis was the episode they aired oh no that's aqua teen never mind that's aqua teen again <laughs> doing a terrible job here i need to stop reading this thing you know what's sad is that i know it so well that i knew exactly what it was as you were saying it though yeah that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's definitely not Cowboy Bebop, that's Aqua Teen. That's the that's uh, the Rhode Island episode where Rhode Island gets. Oh, is that that Rhode Oh yeah, that is the Rhode Island. I told no you feet. go to Rhode Island. We're going to Rhode Island. No feet. Um, so yeah, so I mean like what I'm curious, like uh, do you feel like any cartoons have have kind of reached that that point again? Well, the interesting thing about our experience is like we fell out of it while these sh- a lot of some of these shows are still going on. Like we fell out of Aqua Teen when it was still happening. And I feel like a lot of them, a lot of the newer episodes started to get a little weird. It was like they focused a lot on like gore, which I thought was strange. There was a lot of like yeah. very gore. Like South Park did. What's that? Same thing South Park did. Yeah, it was it was just and like very creepy, like creepy pasta stuff i don't know and then but then it turned into a lot of that too like metalocalypse was funny but it was also i think it went like a little too weird and then there was like this whole vibe of like satanic weird shit like the the dog that was like six six the satan dog or something do you remember that and this no, was like a little bit further down the line but but i i do want to comment on metalocalypse real quick because Metalocalypse was a recipe for greatness for like on paper. Like it was Brendan Small, the mm-hmm. voice actor and one of the creators for home movies. 
um he did all the original music and he's awesome i actually really like he did all the music in home movies too and i love that music so much um he's a brilliant musician like don't put marbles in your nose yeah that and like the, the, Kafka, the franz kafka remember the franz kafka rock yes, opera that was amazing incredible um that, that's a masterpiece of music uh but and the metal stuff is cool um but what i what I found interesting was like, I almost feel like it was too ambitious in the sense that, and this is obviously just my opinion, but I feel like it was too ambitious because I think he did an exceptional job with the music, but the actual show itself, I didn't find funny. And I didn't like any of the characters, like all the characters were unlikable. So I could never get into it. And like, no matter how many times I tried to watch it, I just couldn't actually jive with it. So that show's yeah, kind of a miss I, for me. I never really got into it myself, but going back to your question like i don't know if like stuff has really been able any shows that i can think of have been able to recreate it i mean i know they're still going with a lot of shows i remember getting into the regular show um before i kind of had like a cartoon falling out i guess you'd call it um but the regular show I, I really enjoyed and the humor was there it was weird but it was also it felt um it just didn't have that uh, that com comedic hits to it that like Aqua Teen, C Lab, um, and Space Ghost have, because it what they created was this very like um, the pacing was so perfect. Because I feel like what made those shows was like those pauses. Like that's the one thing I remember most from those cartoon, like those shows, where like there was always like this like like pause and then like a reaction and then yeah. it's like what's the book about <laughs> eating babies it's just like <laughs> yeah or like like oh what are you watching oh this is assisted living dracula <laughs> it's just like there's always this reason. they were like show like, it with that then, it's like this yeah. guy Ooh. <laughs> yeah and they're like they give you the time to digest before they actually have the character respond to it so it's like he says, like, oh, this is it's assisted living Jacula. They show it. <laughs> You're like, what? The and then he's like, uh, and then they like respond to it where he's like, oh yeah, yeah. lady's like, yeah, if you you know, if you watch it from the beginning, it's, it's really I mean, if you watch it from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I can't think of anything that's really recreated that that type of humor or that type of impact it had on me back then. Um I try to find it in what I watch now. Like, I feel like I laugh at, I feel like it changed me to be kind of weird. You know, like a lot of other people, like they laugh at like the kind of obvious jokes in, in movies now. And I'll laugh at like a weird comment that's made or like the way someone says something because I'm more interested in that kind of textured humor than like straight up punchlines or straight up, you know, just like in your face jokes. Yeah, they're too, it's like a little too forced. That's why a lot of like, the more recent shows were the humor just felt a little too forced. Like there's that bubblegum show was it's pretty good. I remember do you ever remember that one? It's like bubble bubblegum something. Really, really cool, unique animation where they use like real world environments. Um yeah, I don't know that one. And I mean then like with Rick and Morty and and all those shows i feel like what i've watched i found very are very funny yeah but then there's like little things that just kind of like don't work for me like or or i so i lose interest so 
Yeah, I think um, one of the things that kept Aquatine or Sea Lab or Space Ghost um, interesting was that you really had no idea what was going to happen. Like you could never predict where the show was going to go. And I feel like on something like Rick and Morty, they start to get into these storylines. I was like, like Morty, Morty, we're going to go into this battery, and we're going to, you know, we're going to, it's going to be like a universe inside it, and then, and then like you're like, oh, so there's going to be multiple universes, and then they're going to try to crush the universe to like end the show. Like you can like see the strings on where the story's going and stuff like that. Whereas I feel like Aqua Teen, it'd be like, we're going to go to the mall to hunt down a robot, and then by the end, it's like. Carl's car gets hit with something and like, and then they just end the episode like randomly you're just like what just yeah. happened to me? Like, I feel like it, it was it was such like a visual like onslaught that you would just get hit with it and you were just like what was that yeah it you was know? very random and all over the place and just like you didn't know what what to expect like somebody could just like get shot instantly or like pull out a gun and start shooting or like a car would come and hit somebody or like you know it's i don't know it it had like a certain impact to it which was very fun so it kind of is like what we were talking about one of the previous episodes with video games where it's like when we can understand the systems you know what i mean it's like we we get bored with it because we kind of know where things are going before where it's like, Oh, you're going to release more levels in a month. Cool. Like, um, but Aqua Teen had, or, you know, just adult swim in general had that kind of like first time you played a from software game or the first time, you know, you played a Zelda game, you know, where it was just like, what is this? You know, I don't understand anything about it. And like, I just constantly feel like I'm discovering new things all the time. Yeah. Um, I think that's like a lot of why I've, I've partially kind of haven't gotten into new shows that you've kind of gotten into because I feel like I've seen so many that it's, it's um, a lot of it. It's, it's like familiar tropes that some of the shows yeah. do. I mean, I've never really, I can't say that about, I can't really say that about Bob's burgers or um, because I haven't really seen any of it or Archer even, because I mean, the stuff I've seen of Archer I've liked, but I think, Part of the reason why I didn't is because I think I was getting burnout from that actor's voice okay. and his very, like, how he reacts to everything. It is pretty much the same no matter what. Yeah. And um, I forget there was an, oh, with Rick and Morty, it was also a similar thing. It's just like everybody's talking about it. And it, and it, for, for the amount of everybody talking about it, I didn't think it, it, like, built up a hype that, like, when I watched it, I wasn't, I was like, this isn't that great. I mean, it's funny here and there, but. And then his voice and like the little drool, like I, I just want to like wipe the drool off his face. His mouth. <laughs> I actually, you know, I got lucky with Rick and Morty because um, I I found it before it was hyped up quite a bit. So I actually discovered it um, like on YouTube, like fairly early on, like pirated versions of it on YouTube. Um, and I was actually showing it to people. No one like knew what it was at the time. Like I showed it to Colin, I showed it to a few other people. Um, but then what you're describing, I witnessed that happen where everyone was talking about it. I started seeing people with like shirts and it became like this Rick and Morty mania. And then I was kind of just like, okay, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It's like this weird thing that naturally happens where you're just like, it's not special anymore, even though it's totally irrational and like not fair and, and completely unreasonable. But like, yeah, it happens all the time for me. Like it happens with music sometimes too, where it's just like, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like a big thing. Um, yeah. that happens in general it's like this thing's too popular now you guys yeah, sold it out muse. it happened with muse oh muse big time yeah although i kind of stuck with muse i think a little bit longer than you 
because yeah, I like some of their newer stuff. But now I'm I haven't even listened to them in a while, to be honest with you. I've been trying to get like give them a, a chance again, but um, yeah, I was done after the resistance, and even that album like mm. has a lot of a lot of like kind of mediocre. And it's and it's kind of like what happened with um, I remember when Limp Bizkit first came out. We're totally going off the rails here, but when Limp Bizkit first came out, it was kind of like part of like a um, like a subgenre. Mm. Like there was a band called Head PE that also I remember uh, them. Yeah, um, and it was kind of like cool or whatever. And then Limp Bizkit had like a single that that blew up all over the radio, and it was like, how do I like this band? I see this band so much differently now than like when they first came out, and it was kind of like um, interesting and creative. And now it's just like mall mall kid music. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like goes through a phase of like, oh, now now like the cool kids like it. Now it's yeah. I can't like it anymore. Right. I mean, I can't imagine if like the Appleseed cast had ever gotten really, really popular, like what that would have done to us, because I feel like that was like one band that was really special for both of us that has maintained its obscurity. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You come across those gems that are like don't really they kind of reach a ceiling of like their fan base. And like. I mean, I think he probably the, the lead singer probably realized that at some point he's like, this is what works. And this is what my fans like. These are my fans. So this is who I, this is who I'm playing for. And this is what they like. So I'm not only I'm doing this for myself, but I'm also doing this as like because I know what my fan base is. And it's kind of like like yeah. what comedians do. It's like some comedians like I may not like that comedian, but that other people will because that's their fan base. And we're already at the 10 minute warning. Uh, the warning has been <laughs> issued. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's that. And I also think that, you know, as I've gotten older, I realized that there's a lot of business associated with it, too, where they may have not just been willing to play ball with, um, you know, folks who might have approached them or like, you know, wanted to market their music in a way that they didn't agree with. And some bands can make it through that, like a band like NoFX. But I mean, even NoFX, like they never they never made it to, um, you know, popularity like The Offspring or um I mean, even AFI, I think, really kind of blew up for a little while there. Um, yeah, they did actually. Did no was no effects on Tony Hawk? I think Tony Hawk Pro Skater really brought some of those bands to light. Um, a little bit anyway. I, I guess not all of them did. But, but I do know that they always refused to play on MTV. They're like every like no anytime they had a major record, yeah, any ma- major record deal or anytime they wanted to like put them on like MTV, they always refused it. And they no pretty talent. much. <laughs> they built their entire like popularity just through like their own record releases and on epitaph and then um mike uh, fat mike did uh fat records oh um, right i remember then, that wreck uh, was wasn't wreck spelled like w-r yeah like wreck and, and then chords was like guitar chords um right yeah but most bands you know it's like i even think about sunny day real estate like being um just a truly special band that just never really kind of well it's funny you mentioned that they've been i've been following i follow them on social media and they've recently put up stuff about they kept putting like these breadcrumbs and then now there's like a big announcement for this festival in friggin alabama and they're headlining one of the one of the days it's like a weekend festival and they're actually headlining one of the day um the nights which is gonna be cool (laughs) so they're coming back maybe they'll do we had got after that 
I wish we had gotten that album that they promised us, but I know, right? Seriously, that would have been cool. Um, but anyway, I guess to tie it back, I mean, a lot of the bands that we're talking about, I think we're kind of doing something similar musically where they were kind of breaking out of a box and kind of, you know, doing this new thing. And I yeah, feel I mean, like you got to imagine that the people that worked on a lot of these shows were probably like you were saying in earlier, I think that the people working on early adult swim, they were all working on the same, like different shows together, you know, like the guy from C lab is probably doing stuff on aqua Teen and vice versa. You know, it's just, there's probably a lot more collaboration than there is today where they probably they've invited a lot more creators that are maybe even outsourced creators um, outside of their studios or whatever. But yeah. Well, I hope that we have another period like that and, you know, in cinema in games in music in cartoons, like where people are willing to start taking, you know, they're start willing to start taking chances again and do something that really hasn't been done before. And, you know, uh, start a journey that doesn't necessarily have a uh, definitive end because I feel like now everything is so like kind of cleanly packaged and you know everything has to be kind of um, everything's gone through perfect. the rigor trying to like is this okay to put out there it's like yeah it feels very productized whereas... I haven't I mean I, I can't speak for what Cartoon Network's putting out now or what their adult swim is like now but I remember watching like Robot Chicken is another show we haven't talked about but I watched they have it all on HBO Max now and I've been watching the early stuff and it's a lot more politically incorrect than it is now. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were like saying a lot more things that they, they would definitely wouldn't be able to get away with today. Yeah. I forget what I was watching recently. I think it was like even one of the early Marvel movies and I was just like, "Oh, this wouldn't fly right now. Like there's no way they could get away with that." But I don't remember exactly what it was. An early Marvel. Yeah. Hey, when did Marvel Disney buy Marvel anyway? Huh. I want to say it was like, was it when they made the first Iron? No, no, it was, was it? I don't think they had it when the first Iron Man came out. Yeah. Going on the internet? So there's no way to find out. <laughs> now no one will know. <laughs> um, yeah. Adult Swim, I mean, they, it did also introduce us to anime, I feel, even though I feel like we've seen it before that here and there well i think but uh, dragon ball z was it, it, I, it was on it no now. no see i think you're starting to mix this up a little bit because toonami oh, was toonami shit toonami was not part of adult swim and that's actually where anime <laughs> you know what now i'm actually now i'm not i'm not sure i think toonami was it just came on like during adult swim no i don't remember now i don't remember anybody I do remember Toonami being later. I think it started. Okay, here I go. I just found something. Adult Swim began airing action anime series on Saturday nights on February 23rd, 2002. Um, on 2002 present from blah, blah, blah. The block yeah, was... We were already well into anime then because I, I was into the anime. I was into anime like in the 90s. So the block was similar to the already popular Toonami. So it was a separate thing. Toonami started in 97. Yeah. I was going to say, because... Um, and it was hosted by Motar. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was. And then they and it was hosted by Tom when, when the Tom yeah. robot took over, or yep. astronaut guy. I remember that. Um, yeah, Sci-Fi Channel was the first place that I ever saw anime. Is Tom, that robot guy, was so iconic. 
it was so it was, like i like looked right. forward to like just hearing his brief little dialogue snippets and he'd always have these like like intro or is it introspectives or retrospectives like dialogue about stuff and it's just always kind of neat and then i think they eventually retired him well tsunami itself i think just went away but i also liked how they would always do like the little clips of dragon ball z or like gundam wing oh yeah just seeing like the little like trailers and yeah yeah those are always fun like oh that's oh <laughs> um yes yeah harvey birdman that's another show we didn't talk. oh man that show was just that was masterpiece. and i told you they well that's kind of a comparison right there because you have they tried to do it with your a newer one recently and it's on an hbo max i don't know if it if it, it came out on adult swim or hbo max just did it but yeah they did like his daughter and it's just it doesn't hit the same for some reason i kind of want to give it another chance just as like an experiment but um i watched the first episode and i was like this just isn't funny the way and like they it seems like they're doing the things that should be funny like they're trying the pacing and the humor is similar to what I remember in Harvey Birdman, but just something is off. I don't know. Maybe I'm just an old fart, but. Well, I will say that Harvey Birdman after the first couple of seasons started to kind of fall off, even in the original series, it wasn't as funny. So if they came back to do it again and it was like some of those later seasons, then I could see it not being that great. Right. Hmm. Well, we got a few minutes. So, I mean, we could always stop and come back or you just want to wrap up. I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about Adult Swim. I think the real takeaway is that that whole concept where, you know, these animators and these creators were really taking a chance. And I guess the next place that we saw that, and I didn't really think about it, is we, we probably saw that next on YouTube. But even that, I think, is starting to kind of that that door is closing. And now it's like we need this productization version of it, like every all these rules are followed and all these, you know, um, high production values are, are brought to the table in order for, you know, to get the clicks and, you know, feed the algorithm and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I didn't even mention, I wanted to mention that like new grounds where all the flash animation, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was big during this time period. And then like, obviously strong, bad and all those internet based like websites that just had shows and animations and stuff like those were super popular. And well, well, YouTube was still very young or maybe not even around yet. So, yeah, yeah, that was just it was just a very iconic and unique time that like you can't recreate. I don't think now it's just like everything's on YouTube. And I mean, people have their own websites and stuff, but uh, yeah, well, that's pretty much one thing. You won't get that high production quality here. No, definitely not. Cutting edge. (laughs) In other news, I, I'm still strong at Bloodborne. I, my, my save was corrupted, but I'm back at it. I'm going strong. I'm doing a lot of good things. And I finally, I succeeded in fearing the old blood. Nice. Whatever that means. You'll find right. out. What? All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Thanks. Take care and peace be with you.